Steph, it's official. The Middle East is one year old. I mean, we launched like this teaser November 22nd of 2019. Thank you, script. And we started this, you know, because we were a little like in the middle of like a path and we didn't know whether to turn right or turn left. And we wanted to see if there were other people like us, which what we like lovingly call middleists, um, who can kind of like figure out that path and, and see if we can help one another. And after thousands of listens, uh, you know, podcast award finalists for business podcast. Thank you all, by the way, you know, we thought, okay, one year in let's sunset as season one, but let's reflect before we move on to season two. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, I've actually seen such a major change in myself this year, just with how much more intentional I've been. I was talking to my therapist about it literally this morning. (laughs) And um, I, as I was preparing for this episode, I realized how these conversations with you and with our guests and with our hosts and fellow, fellow middleists who I, you know, talk to every day because they're my peers. Um, these conversations have been so pivotal for me. Uh, and, and it's not just that, but if you think about the last year, Pedro, I don't know if you've noticed, but the resilience we've needed to live through a pandemic um, has really helped as well. But we're not here to talk about that, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not entirely. You're right. Um, And it's true. I mean, this past year went from trying to ID what to do to actually diving into a project with you on the very topic. Um, We were able to land a partnership with Newsweek um, at the start of this year. And, you know, once uh, shelter in place hit, we literally went from working in a studio to learning how to record, produce and distribute this podcast. So, you know, the impact that the show has had in in helping to like center, <laughs> center, uh, you know, both my career, but also like my my day to day and week to week, and in conversations with middle you and middleists, um, has been significant. But you know what? Let's take a look back, shall we? Yes, we shall. But where should we start? One of the time-honored anxieties of all people is about keeping up with the Joneses. Oh, I know that one well. (laughs) And, you know, it was really interesting because in the episode with Josh Lashido, we specifically talked about how social and digital media played kind of like the modern uh, you know, windmill, if you will, for when you're thinking about or comparing yourself to other people and, you know, whether that's a good thing to do or not. Let's take a listen to the episode from February 3rd, what it means to feel behind in your career with Josh Lashido. It's the idea that um, not necessarily just that we have access to seeing how well everybody else is doing. I think that there's an element of the grass is always greener. I experienced that myself. I was a career switcher coming into business school. If you are, you know, driven and surrounded by other people who are as 
driven as you are, let's just say if you're in an environment with type A people, mm -hmm. um, it's very easy to compare yourself to them um, and play into that sort of competition game. It's also extremely easy now given – I don't want to belabor the point, but social media, you see, it's not just Instagram and Facebook, but you see the promotions on LinkedIn and they're, they're advertised, right? You know, it's, it's not the case that, um, you can't just check up on everybody that you went to high school, college and, you know, graduate school with, for example. So it, it is hard to not play into that game, no matter where you are, even if you're very happy. I have a little bit of a problem of looking over my shoulder and not keeping my eyes on my own paper and really checking out what my friends are doing, what my college friends are doing. This circle around me and watching their successes, their milestones, and as lame as it sounds and it's like, get over yourself, right? Um, I feel like it's, it's a, it's a pretty true reality that we all look around us. It's, it's that keeping up with the Joneses that then like gets you into this hedonic treadmill, looking to other people to measure myself. I do feel like I was um, sort of seven years behind being a career switcher going into the, the business world. And that's actually something that I do try to remind myself of because I see people who are, who are my age who might be, you know, a partner at a firm or a CFO at a publicly traded company or, you know, something like that. And, and you say, you know, wow, why isn't that me? And you have to remind yourself or I have to remind myself. And it's not because I'm unhappy or I feel like I'm behind right now. Um, but it's more to just make sure I don't go into like the, what am I doing wrong? mode, you know, like why not me? Why am I not there? Um, it's more like, yeah, I, I had another career. I mean, that really puts it into context and, and, and we thank Josh for sh sharing that story. We certainly, um, feel it, you know, shelter in place has given us kind of ups and downs and looking what's happening around the world and, and whether we could sort of be doing the same things, um, but, you know, you live and you learn. Um, but that that's really also all about staying rooted and that and, and how important that is, um, which was one of the valuable takeaways from the episode that we uh, were able to engage Jasmine Harris on, which was really our first full episode post shelter in place um, that we were able to record. Um, but, you know. One of the things that was really special for me about that episode is that we were being very intentional about the different um, elements that were driving 2020, right? So we saw uh, Black Lives Matters. We saw the effect of the pandemic on marginalized communities. And really, we saw how much attention was being placed um, on, on the needs of different communities, and, and which applies to our audience. Yeah, I um I really loved how you broke down in that episode. Number 1, actually, I love that episode. I thought Jasmine just brought so much to um our, you know, notion of the middleist conversation. But I really also loved how you broke down 
the insight as to why we needed, we felt we really needed that conversation with Jasmine. Here's our first episode back following the pandemic from June 29th of this year called One Life, Two Competing Forces, Personal versus Professional. While we've been dealing with the health crisis of the pandemic and COVID-19, we've simultaneously been dealing with the issues of inequities that both COVID and the resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement have brought to the forefront. And Jasmine, amongst a couple of others that we talked about, um, were middleists that we wanted to home in on because um, for years they've been putting in extra work, right, from a diversity and inclusion perspective, just by consequence of who they are and, of course, of who I am and, to an extent, who you are as a female practitioner. Um, And so we thought it was both a relevant, timely conversation and a way for us to transition from this shared experience that we've been going through, but to broaden the conversation to be inclusive of all of the issues that are really um, salient right now. And so, you know, I wanted to both help explain that and then invite you to to share kind of reflection, um, if you will, of both the conversation we had and kind of moving forward. Yeah, I thank you for for bringing everyone up to speed on that. It's been such an interesting time, and I think it's the perfect moment for everyone to embrace having um, difficult or awkward or uncomfortable conversations, particularly uh, my fellow white people, because, and and I've shared this with you a little bit, that, you know, I don't want to step in it. I don't want to put my foot in my mouth or say the wrong thing, but the problem with that is it takes practice. While I may want to avoid having hard conversations, really, you have to start somewhere. I have been reading a lot recently about, you know, tips on how to do this and tips to how to to be a better ally. And um, I have to start somewhere. I've actually used this phrase too much recently, which is, how do you eat an elephant? one bite at a time. So in, in terms of this, this, um, that's, that's my biggest advice to anybody who wants to be a better ally. You have to be willing to start. You have to be willing to actively, um, put yourself in the space, in the conversation. Now is the moment where I realize how much I need to learn and, and, you know, and how I, how I can be so much better. So at being an ally and an advocate, and um, I saw something that we don't just need allies, we need Mm co-conspirators. And it's like, I want to be a co-conspirator in um, the fight for equality. So I really love how how you you laid it out, um, Pedro. And then that actually also reminds me of Jasmine's episode, and how she keeps herself grounded and focused on what's really important. Um, Jasmine, she she talked a little bit about your days at Vassar 
together when you were youngins and how your experiences um, as minorities uh, in a predominantly white institution um, really have shaped how she goes into um, her teaching career um, in a predominantly white institution and, and how she feels really responsible for helping to shape her students' lives. And I just really uh, loved how rooted and grounded she is. So let's listen um, to her take on that. I know what it feels like as a Black woman student at these PWIs, like, you know, when, when we were in college together, Pedro, but I don't, I want to do everything that I can to make sure that there are um, Black women students who go to this school or any school that I work at that feel supported um, and don't feel as isolated and alone as I did when I was there. It's been hard. It's been complicated, but I just keep reminding myself of who I am responsible to first. And for me, that is the minority student. The thing that it, it makes me think, Pedro, is it's really important to keep reminding uh, myself of who I'm responsible to first. I know it's like taking her words exactly, but as I think about uh, my career and also my life, you know, I I'm I'm often a people pleaser, which is <laughs> you know a problematic thing to be, and so it's you know Jasmine's words really remind me to stay true to myself and, you know, make sure that I'm grounded and happy because I can't be perfect and everything to everyone, which, as you can imagine, reminds me of another story. When we spoke with Kristen Chung, um, the thing that I thought was really remarkable was her story of um, dealing with family trauma while working and how actually from that, she really learned that, you know, moving forward, she needs to stand strong in herself and stand up for herself um, in a way that maybe she hadn't before. You know, she was running around, you know, dealing with this home life completely separate from her really um, high pressure role at work and neither side could give. And she she learned after that that she needs to put herself out there and say, hey, I need a break. All right, I'm going to play a couple of clips from our episode from July 28th, Stop Taking On Too Much In and Out of Work with Kristen Chung. We actually recorded before the COVID outbreak in the U.S., but obviously published well after. Now I'm starting to feel stronger. I'm realizing that like, even if you do everything right, it doesn't mean that everything in the workplace is going to happen for you perfectly. And I think that I learned, especially over the last couple of years that, you know, let's say something happens in my career that's you know different or um, unexpected. I'm learning to be able to handle that a little bit better. When we're thinking about, you know, potential advice, et cetera, for mm-hmm. the middle is we want to like learn maybe from your journey in relation to um, having found uh, your value or learning not to take on too much. You know, what, what would you impart to the listeners here today? I would say learning to not operate from a place of fear. It's not the end of the world. If something doesn't happen the way that you thought it was going to happen, um, it's not the end of the world. If your career takes a little bit of a detour or 
your personal life does. And you just have to be a little bit more resilient. I thought that was really a really great reminder. And I think this year has actually proven to be that great reminder as well. Just leading with resilience before fear. You know, you said resilience and it was like a bell <laughs> that, that that came to 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 mind uh reminding me of the amazing Barbara Phillips. And you know, during this time of shelter in place and the pandemic, um we've had to learn uh about resilience. And in the episode um, that we did specifically on building resilience during a crisis, we talked about the William Bridges approach to transition and how we go through the four phases to be able to come out of that. And, you know, given the fact that we are seeing many, uh, you know, differences across the, the, the country and certainly around the world in relation to the pandemic, we know that we will continue to need resilience to be able to, you know, work, survive, and hopefully thrive at the end of the tunnel. Let's take a listen to the episode from April 13th of this year, Building Resilience While Working From Home During a Pandemic. You know, this is a big deal. And it might be the biggest event that most of us have ever experienced before. And it's really requiring us to dig deep, to tap into our inner strengths, because the world as we knew it is gone for now and for the foreseeable future. So, um, you know, I've done a lot of studying of the research of William Bridges, and he has um, really highlighted what happens during times of change and what is required of us internally to effectively respond to the change. And he also describes typical reactions. So something ends. And, you know, for us, it's life as we knew it. You know, we're worried about the economy. We've got stay at home, work at home, shelter in place, social distancing. All these things are happening at the same time. And so life as we knew it has ended. Our stable, known, and dependable normality is gone. And we are in this place that he calls the neutral zone where we're hanging in midair, we can't go back to where we were and we don't yet know when this is going to end. And it can be very up and down. And you both reference that one day you might feel strong. The next day you're like, oh my God. And this can happen within a day. It's very much a roller coaster when you're in this in-between time. And the new beginning is when we get back to normal, but we don't know when, and we don't know what that's going to look like. And so the uncertainty is very challenging to manage. And so what people typically uh, go through when a change, any change happens, there are four phases. The first is denial. It could be literal denial, and you reference that, Stephanie, you know, some days like, I don't want to believe this is happening. And related to that, there's a sense of shock to our entire system. 
where we might feel confused, we might withdraw, we might notice we're missing deadlines or we're not feeling productive or we're not feeling motivated. We then move to the second phase, which he calls resistance. And that's where we have a lot of feelings, the fear, the anxiety, the sadness, and it might show up as frustration or short tempers being on edge. And it's really normal to feel all of this because, I mean, literally, we are in survival mode in that we don't want to get the virus and we don't want to get sick. This is a big deal. Eventually, if we can effectively manage those feelings, we move into an exploration phase where we start to adapt to the new normal. We start to... um, feel like we are moving forward one step at a time every day. And then ultimately the commitment stage where we're feeling more optimistic and we see the light at the end of the tunnel. You can be in multiple phases in a given day. And, you know, depending on the news cycle, I could easily go right back to the resistance phase where I'm feeling fear and anxiety. So it's very fluid. Different people are in different places at different times. I needed that clip, Pedro. I mean, it's such a good reminder and for a couple of reasons. One being that it's a reminder of how soothing Barbara's voice is. And just how much peace and zen she brings me naturally. But then also, it's a nice moment of reflection because I feel like I, I too have been going through those same steps, but maybe less knowingly than you. I'm grateful to to be able to have this moment of reflection with you because I don't think I realized how much I've been uh, walking through uh Barbara's take as much as I have in the last few months. (laughs) I agree. I am extremely appreciative um, that you gave me the time of day last summer when I (laughs) approached you with an idea and that you put in the work both in the project, but also, you know, to really uh, like live and learn through this uh, Middleists podcast with me. And, you know, I'm really excited for for what's in store. Um, we are going to be off air for, for several weeks while we um, work on some amazing new episodes, which we're excited to be able to share with you in the new year. Um, we will be sharing, you know, additional behind the scenes takes and images be sure to follow The Middleist on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, visit themiddleist.com and catch up on anything you might have missed this season. <laughs>